them. And so they're using curiosity in a different way to help provide a solution. But that curiosity is never ending because the situation from day to day is always changing. And so it's, to me, it's extremely fascinating because it's so much part of the space that entrepreneurship is in on a daily basis. Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Curiosity has been getting some serious attention in the business world in recent years. Scan the pages, virtual or otherwise, of Harvard Business Review, Inc., Forbes, and you'll find all sorts of breathless extolling of curiosity. I knew curiosity had truly arrived when the aforementioned Harvard Business Review did a three-part cover story back in 2018. Here's what some of that research from Francesca Gino at Harvard Business School said about curiosity. First, curiosity is much more important to an enterprise's performance than has been previously thought. Cultivating curiosity at all levels helps leaders and their employees adapt to uncertain market conditions and external pressures. When our curiosity is triggered, she says, we think more deeply and more rationally about decisions and come up with more creative solutions. Second, by making small changes in the ways they manage their employees and organizations, leaders can actually encourage curiosity and improve their companies. But third, Although leaders might say they value inquiring minds, in fact, most stifle curiosity, afraid it will devolve into inefficiency and invite risk. Nonetheless, Gino finds all sorts of benefits of curiosity in business, things like fewer decision-making errors, more innovation and positive changes, reduced group conflict, more open communication and team performance. Now, this is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. So who better to join me for a discussion about whether curiosity really is a business tool than Arlington's own Tara Palacios? Tara is the founder and director of BizLaunch, Arlington's small business and entrepreneurial assistance network a program she started 20 years ago at Arlington Economic Development. BizLaunch assists local small businesses with all their startup and expansion needs. Since its inception, Tara and her team have worked with more than 50,000 business owners through workshops, seminars, one-on-one counseling, other special offerings. So forget Forbes, forget Harvard, We have Tara and her team. (laughs) What does all that research and theory look like in the real world, on the ground? What can we learn from the experience of the fiercely capable small business people right here in our own community and from the expertise who have helped them succeed for two decades and counting? I'm delighted to have the indomitable Tara Palacios join me today for that and oh, so much more. So welcome, Tara. Oh, thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Well, I'm really excited about this too. And kudos on this 20-year milestone. Yes, 
Yes. You have certainly seen a lot in those years. I didn't realize I was going to be here this long, and I've enjoyed (laughs) every moment. Well, I know, I know you have stories. So you came out of a background in journalism and communications. Those are both career paths with a definite curiosity bias. Do you think that's helped you in your role? Oh, it totally has. I I thought when I first came out of school, I was going to be the next Oprah. So curious. I had so many questions. And I think when you decide that you want to be in journalism, you really want to get to the heart and the answers to things. And I see that in the work that I do now when I'm working with small businesses, I'm so curious about what their dreams are and how they can accomplish their dreams and what tools they need to kind of put that together. So many ways I wear my journalism hat and I'll ask them a boatload of questions Uh (laughs) to kind of get the answers so that I can best help them. You're sort of modeling curiosity as a business strategy for them even before you start providing the support and resources and services just by extracting the stories and the hopes and dreams. Yeah. Because you've got to understand like what is the motivation for the person because starting a business, you know, it's once you get the information, okay, I'm off and running, but the real goal too is stay in business. Right. They want to do well. They want to build, they want to have customers. They want to do all these things, but do you have a specific personality type? I always make this analogy. Like, do you have this analogy type where you're up at 3 a.m. in the morning and you're still happy doing what you're doing? Because <laughs> that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? And so you want to find out, like, what drives you? What motivates you? Where is your passion? And so once that's like something that we discern early on. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of want to start some of our conversation Almost where you left off with a colleague, WERA show, Boston Connect, and you oh, were yeah. talking about some closing advice that I that just really resonated for me in this context, because you said, you know, people need to come into things with an open mind and look for the opportunities in crisis. Yes. And it made me also think about a conversation I had with a George Mason University's professor, Tojo Thatchenkerry who believes in what he calls appreciative intelligence. Are you familiar with this at all? A little bit, a little bit. This is, it it seems especially important right now because it rests on this ability to see challenges as opportunities or what he calls seeing the mighty oak in the acorn. And I thought that's what you're helping people do, isn't it? Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that analogy. Yes. Because I think I've been going around talking a lot about how do you look at your glass, Mm. half empty or half full, Mm -hmm. right? How are you looking at your situation and looking at the opportunities and figuring out what strengths you have, but also acknowledging the weaknesses, but you also have to be in many ways coachable Mm. and, and, and willing to understand what your weaknesses are and what you need to do to overcome them. I really like this idea of coachability as a curiosity practice. Yes. It's so important because 
it gets you to really understanding the complexity because like most entrepreneurs are trying to figure out how to solve a problem mm-hmm. that people may be experiencing, customers may be experiencing, clients might be experiencing. And so they're using curiosity in a different way to help provide a solution. Mm-hmm. But that curiosity is never ending <laughs> because the situation <laughs> from day to day is always changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's to me, it's extremely fascinating, especially on this topic of curiosity, because it's so much part of the space uh-huh. that entrepreneurship is in on a daily basis. And they have to sort of stay in that space because the problem keeps shape-shifting, doesn't it? So you yes. can't get too wed to a solution. You have to kind of stay with it. Yes. And yeah. that's what happens where you see a very highly successful business all of a sudden in trouble and like shutting its doors. I always think it's because that desire of you know evolution and changing and the curiosity, it becomes more like, a day-to-day operation that mm. I, I liken it to having the same hairstyle all the time. <laughs> and, you know, like you go with what you're comfortable with, but you need to change it up and you mm-hmm. need to change up your business so that it can meet the time. So let's, let's riff off that a little bit, because before we started recording, I was waxing rhapsodic about watching you pivot and shape shift in Uh, response to the pandemic. So talk to me about how you thought about that emerging problem and whether curiosity was a piece of that or just, or just take a moment also to take a bow for all the stuff that you managed to do. (laughs) It's so appreciated. Thank you so much. I would say it was interesting because leading up to the pandemic, we were starting to see some signs that the economy, that things that we were going to about to go. But it was funny because at the time we thought, oh, we're going to wait until that summer of 2020. If we can Uh make it through the summer Uh and provide resources and tools. But the day after Governor Northam had his stay at home orders issued on the Friday for the Monday, I believe it was March 13th. Friday the 13th, you bet. Friday the 13th. We immediately started working that weekend on what can we do. And we thought, oh my gosh, we've got a go-to webinar apparatus. Let's use that and let's just start communicating to people, letting them know how they can shift, how they need to flex. And so we started looking as an economic development professional, looking into that crystal ball to see where we were at, what resources, what tools we had, and how we needed to pivot ourselves to be able to then provide services and uh, much needed resources and tools to the business community. And so I remember very clearly us being on the phone that Friday night. I think we talked Saturday, we talked Sunday, (laughs) through the weekend, and we were like, okay, we need to stand up grants. We need to do this. We need to do that. Da, da, da. Who's doing this? And we reached out to our friends across the region. Yeah. Like one of my first calls was to DC government because they immediately started to stand up a grant on their own. Fairfax County was investigating. And so the good news is we had a lot of friends around the region 
and looking at best practices and how we could best work together. I really believe, Lynn, that if anything the pandemic has shown us is that there's power in friendship and power in that kind of bind. And curiosity, I have to tell you, was at the pinnacle of all of this work we were doing because we wanted to know what were the tools that people needed the most that would help them get through this time. Yeah. And so using innovation, thinking outside the box, we weren't very governmental. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were like, well, we've got to leave that behind because usually with government, we're very secure. We have to make sure we have to analyze everything because we want to be able to help the majority of people. Right. Right. And so with that, you have a uh, responsibility of making sure and ensuring that you, you know, every rock has been, you know, which sometimes can take a long time. A deliberative <laughs> process. <laughs> Very deliberative. And so we, we decided that we were going to move as fast as we possibly could with, within the system so that we could help and bring tools to people. And I have to say, looking back, it was probably some of the toughest times, but it was also so amazingly rewarding because we were able to create things to help. And I think the reason why people get into local government is because they really like to help people. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. the big juicy salaries or sometimes always the fast pace. It really is about helping your neighbors to be able to be successful no matter what agency you're in. And you really got a chance to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I my as I listen to that a lot of what I take away is 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 just that practice of like what are the questions we need to ask ourselves? Yeah. And one of those questions was who are you going to call? Like who, who where do you have those relationships? That's who right. who might be thinking about this? in interesting and creative and fluid ways, right? Because you did not have the luxury of being inside your usual, you know, governmental agency box. (laughs) No. Yeah. We were physically separated and, you know, just trying to think. And you have to, I think, also be in a good place for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that as you're creating tools and resources, knowing your community, your neighbors, your, your, your businesses, and how best they receive information, we were doing things. I think the best thing, one of our, our colleagues in the county started doing yard signs. Yes, we I remember these it. yard signs. I remember <laughs> these yard signs. Absolutely. They were everywhere put them everywhere. And that was the best way in figuring out how do we communicate to let people know when some of the traditional means of communication aren't being used. Right. And you want to be able to hit a wide berth of people. You know, that was the other piece. So I love actually the idea of yard signs as a kind of curiosity practice, because obviously not everything, not all the information could be there, right? Just enough for people to go, oh, I want to know more about Wait a minute. Yeah. And even the effort of going out and putting out signs, people saw us and what are you doing? Uh What's that for? What's that about? So it 
you could even, we were even having conversations with people out in the community as we put the signs up, which then, you know, that was a, a very rewarding feeling as well. So what did you see as you began to work with businesses? And obviously, it's not like that stopped, right? I mean, we're not really out no. of the pandemic. Your work just continues. No. But what's the flip side? I mean, what are you seeing in those fierce local business, small businesses in terms of sort of how they showed up with curiosity oh, yeah. with all of this? I mean, share some of those stories, if you would. Oh, yes. we. It was interesting because what we found was that the businesses were hungry for information. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of people were interested in the federal programs and the federal opportunities and things that were out there, but also trying to figure out, well, my target market isn't coming to my brick and mortar store anymore. How do I outreach? How do I, I've got this whole new, you know, this online presence right. and how do I communicate to them to let them know and then in, in many ways, like how we said about how you look at the glass, well, now do I start an online business, which opens up my product to the world? Right. You know, right. I'm based here in Arlington. So we were having several conversations. And what we're seeing today, because to your point, we are definitely, we're still in the pandemic. We're, we're making our way through. It's, I think we're in endemic stage, so we're just living with it now, right? Yep, yep. I think right? that's right. And so what we're seeing now is a lot of people, because of the great resignation, we've got so many folks that have decided, I'm tired of working for the man. I want to work for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and my phone and email has been off the hook. I apologize to everybody. We've become very popular because people are like, I'm ready to start my business. And it's like subject matter folks and X and Y who have the ability, but they've never run their own consulting business or they've never, yeah. you know, stood up their own brick and mortar retail store. So it's like we went through helping a lot of people through grants and through tools that we had to survive. And now we're at the phase where we're seeing a large swath of people because of their curiosity mm-hmm. are thinking of themselves in this new entrepreneurial light, which is fascinating to see. So that is a great segue. I know in the pandemic, you did these wonderful grants. Thank you. Kudos for that. Yay. Like $3.7 million out in yes. the community. That's Huge. Yes. Yes. And those are, I guess, are still kind of ongoing, but you also have relaunch. Yes. Oh my gosh. So talk about relaunch because yes. if people want a piece of your wisdom, this is the way to get it, right? Oh, yes. So yeah. what we did as we were looking and being curious about this new entrepreneurial landscape that we found ourselves in, we started thinking and we started to see that a lot of our businesses have been hoodwinked and opened up online websites where people kind of took over the site or people were paying for a free Google My Business site. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what can we do to be able to further help our our businesses? And that's where Relaunch was born. We didn't have enough money for a grant, but we had a significant amount of money. And we thought it it was like, I call this my chocolate and peanut butter moment. 
you put the two together and like you get this like oh. <laughs> you are a woman after my own heart just for the record yes. thank you that's my fun analogy and so what we did was we combined technical assistance where we've hired a small business consultant who will go in and look under the hood and see where your business is at that moment. And then they will work with you for about 10 hours worth of free complimentary. Uh, wow, you're getting a great. grant, we're underwriting it. You can work through your issue. And then at the end, you may come out with a, if this is the direction that you go into, a marketing and branding book, logo, colors, images, template for a website, and then you get handoff to our Amazon Web Services partner who will build a website for you all under the grant from Arlington County. So you work with these top-notch professionals from soup to nuts to help you accomplish your goal and to make you competitive. That's and great. so this program really gave us a tool. We were able to get the, the funding from the board and work with the manager, and it's actually part of our Rescue Act funds. And so we are still looking for uh, victims, uh, I mean uh, clients, to participate in this amazing program. I'm so proud of this work. So if people want to participate or want to know more, they're curious, how do they find it? Yes, relaunch that business. That is the URL that they'll put into, and they'll come right to us. It's Arlington Economic Development. We're 100% Arlington County. One thing we learn is to keep things simple. So all you need to do is fill out one page of information and upload a copy of your business license, and boop, you're in the program. That is Keeping so cool. Keeping it simple. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, Tara, before I let you go... You know, yeah. you talked about the importance of the networks and connections. I have this little this little game I play at the end of my show Ooh, with my big jar okay. one of the analogies. So I love it. <laughs> this is my jar, literal big jar. If you were if we were together, you would you would reach in and take your own. I'm gonna take out three ah. here. So I've got okay. one for you, one for me, and one for the audience. Um, and we're gonna make an analogy to curiosity with okay. whatever is on these slips of paper. So yours is Tinker Toys. How is Curiosity like Tinker Toys? Oh. Mine is Escalator. <laughs> and I have one for our audience. So you want to go first or you want me to go first? Maybe you go first and I think about my Tinker Toy. Okay, okay. you think okay. about your Tinker Toys. Okay, so how is Curiosity like an Escalator? Um, so the beauty of an Escalator is that you just step on it and it, carries you off somewhere. And I, I think curiosity is like that. You step on it and it will just take you someplace. And, um, you know, escalate, escalators are sort of finite. They have a, a limited distance. But of course, you can, if you're in a big place, you can kind of hopscotch from one to another. And you could do that with curiosity too. Like you can follow it one place and then hop off and let it take you someplace else. So I guess that's how I see curiosity as like an escalator. How is curiosity like Tinker Toys? Ah, I, I think that it's like a Tinker Toy. And I think of a Tinker Toy as a toy that you wind up, mm, right? Okay. 
And so your curiosity is always, it should always be wound up. <laughs> nice. Very you nice. You should always, and, and it'll take you, you'll go fast in the beginning and then you slow down, but you'll always want to make sure to remember to keep that curiosity burning by making sure you're winding up your tinker toy. There you have it, people. <laughs> Business advice straight from this launch. <laughs> An audience, yours is dancing. How is curiosity Ooh. like dancing? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag Ooh. analogy. Well, Tara, thank you so much for this. And really, thank you for the work that you do in the community. I watched, oh. you know, small businesses all around the county over all of these years actually really flourish and find their way under yes. your tutelage. It's really, oh, it's really a contribution you. to the community. Thank you. Thank you. I am honored to have this role and there's nothing better than to help somebody live their dream. And it's such an honor to be on that journey. So thank you. Journey of curiosity. <laughs> You've been listening to Choose to be Curious, coming to you here on Radio Arlington, WERA 96.7 FM, and streaming online at WERA.FM. You can find all our previous shows at ChooseToBeCurious.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and where you get your podcasts at Choose to be Curious, and on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your dancing analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my wonderful guest, Tara Palacios. Check out links to BizLaunch on my website. Thanks, too, to Sean Ballack for our theme music. And this is The Shoes They Wear by Delray via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, choose to be curious. One thing that I, I did want to say is that if anyone ever has any questions or has thought about starting a business, not to hesitate. Sometimes it can be very lonely as an entrepreneur, but to always feel free that they can reach out to me and my team and we'll take good care of them and make sure that they keep moving forward. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.